right, those of us in here are heading back to Luke. And that's how you pronounce it, by the way, Luke. Luke chapter 1, verse 57. And by the way, because I, I, I evidently did a, a, a faux pas, I've been called out on wearing purple today. I, evidently one of the teams yesterday, I don't know. <laughs> so whatever. Um, I do not uh, make an allegiance. I just enjoy watching the games. Now in pro, I have to root for Denver, so pray for me. But because Cammy was raised that and I want to stay married. Um, otherwise, Luke 1, 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy. Remember how they treated barren people. And so this is a, a great mercy. And they shared her joy. I love that. On the eighth day, we talked about why. They came to circumcise the child. They're going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. And then they made signs to the father. Remember, after doubting the angel, he wasn't able to speak or hear. Um, to find out what he would like to name the child, he asked for a writing tablet. Um, most of the time, those were a thin pan, um, a, a, like a, a pan with thin wax over it so she could scratch him. And he wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened, his tongue set free, began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. Isn't that a beautiful story? That's, that's just a lovely story. Now, it's easy in ancient literature to become jaded. And everybody rejoiced. And every, but you need to understand that these were exceptionally tight communities. You know, we have, um, in, in Scotland, they would refer to the lace curtain Irish. And it could be a little bit of an insult, but what it really meant was, they're watching you. We lived in, uh, above a shop in the village of Dundonald. And across the street and down uh, lived an old couple, the, the Dunlops. And they monitored us to the point where they would just kind of look and see what we were doing, because there's a big window there. Uh, we, we painted a hallway, and they came over and knocked on the door that we'd used the wrong kind of paint, because that was shiny, and it was bothering them in, in their lounge, living room. We're looking, I told Cammie, I am going to go to a costume shop, rent a gorilla suit, and just walk by that window. She wouldn't let me do it. <clears throat> I really wanted to. But they would watch. Every time we walk out, we see the curtain. Everybody in Dundonald knew everything that was moving on. Why? There was nothing else to do. What else are you going to do? It's cold. It's dark. Um, you hang about in the pubs and you talk about that strange couple up there. Um, and, and so they did. This is passed around. Have you heard? An old woman who was barren gave birth, and it's a boy. I mean, hitting a lotto, she did, right there. So everybody's going, 
this is very strange circumstance. So God's hand's got to be on this child. Why? Why are they here? I often think of this when I, and I intentionally think of this when I look at children. Um, and children anymore, that, that's becoming more elastic. It, inc it includes uh, all the way up into their 20s now. And think, all right, there was a deficit in the world. And God sent this one. Wonder, wonder what's going on. I, I know my, my oldest grandson is going to either play ball or coach ball because he's all ball, 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 ball. He just can't. So I know he's going to be there. Finn, the eight-year-old, he's a puzzle because he can do all the sports, but he likes to think. And so every now and then he'll just stop. And, and the coach on the soccer team at first was saying, don't rest, Finn. And I, say, I turned to Cammie and I said, he's not resting. He's watching. And then, boom, he'll take off, and there's a gold, and goes back and stands. And they're, and they're going, what, what is this kid? So I don't know. Uh, I think, however, he looks very much and acts very much like my son-in-law. I got the feeling he may end up in theology, preaching, teaching, if I have anything to do with it in science, but there you are. And then there's Ollie. And Ollie is four years old and the delight of my heart, and I still don't know what's going to happen with this kid. He's going to make the news. We all have agreed he's going to make the news. We just don't know which page of the paper. But he is going to be in the paper. Whenever you have a birth, you wonder why there's a miracle. Because human beings aren't sperm and egg. They're sperm and egg, but they're also God's spirit, his fingerprint. And I, I just love watching. I didn't ever tell our kids what to be. Instead, I told them I was enjoying watching them become who God made them to be. And they were very, very different. You know, my daughter, if you dropped her over a deserted island, by the time she landed, would have everything organized and groups meeting. And now it's just, she's organized. You drop my son on a deserted island, he would set up barbed wire and sniper points to make sure nobody ever gets on his island. <clears throat> God needs them both, so all right. I guess it makes sure that his sister's island never invades. This is exciting, the birth of a child, especially to an older woman who had been considered cursed. It's not a curse. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Uh, just very briefly here, prophecy doesn't usually mean telling the future. In scripture, prophecy means to publicly state the things of God. And therefore, it can be a polemic. It can be a repent people and come. Or it can be God has blessed you. Um, if you don't read theology, can I suggest something to you? It's not, not what you think. Go get one of our old hymnals and make it a habit to read some songs. There is some really solid theology in the old hymns that we're in danger of losing because they were designed for four-part harmony, which has pretty much disappeared on the planet. So pull back and just get one. Let that be a part of your daily devotion. All right? And I'm sure we've got extra we can find for you if you'd like one. Um, here's a song. Praised be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. All right, you are church people. What does redeemed mean? Bought back. That's, and that's exactly that's what we're told, and that's exactly right. 
um, he, he came and paid off the pawn ticket. <clears throat> for those of you in America, um, by the way, they tried this for like two years in, in Scotland back in the 70s and dropped it. There was, there was, you would go to grocery stores and get stamps to put in a book, right? And I, I saw some of those laying about. I, and I, they would show, oh, here's the things that you can buy. And it's like a car, but you have to have like a house full of these things. Uh, most people would just get like a doily or something. I don't really know. But whenever you took them in to get your thing, those were called redemption centers. Because you were buying back something. Well, he bought us back. That, that begs a question, does it not? Um, well, actually, it doesn't beg. It raises a question. Bought back from what? Well, from the divisions and the brokenness of the people. By that time, the Jews, they never were because no, nobody ever. They were not monolithic. You know, we all think the same thing. But they were exceptionally divided. And they all believed that God was on their side. And that made everything harder. So God comes and brings you back. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us. A Semitic term. Horn meant power. Uh, and in some societies it still does. You know, think of the Vikings with the they didn't actually have those helmets, by the way, but they look good in the movies. Um, or um, the Celts would sometimes put antlers up there. It was that, that idea of symbol of power, um, a horn. Daniel uses it constantly. Did you have something on that? Okay. Um, he has raised a horn of salvation, powerful salvation. Uh, we sang this morning... A version of the song I'd never heard before because it had two syllables. There is power in the blood. Do you notice that? He's from Indiana. He's not like us Southern folk. <laughs> that's, that's not power. It's power, right? Yeah, power. Pa power? Okay, you're, you're, you're wrong too. P-I-E-R? Uh, <laughs> That's a misspelling of peer. I, I don't really, uh, you know, guys, it would be lovely if you ever looked into English as a second language, um, but we're, we're, we're going to work through. I saw a guy on Twitter today, well, a lady on Twitter today. Uh, some people post things just so that they can get a bunch of responses. You know, um, and this is one of those. A person says, how do you like your tea with milk, without milk, with sugar, without? And some American lady put up there, in the harbor. And I'm going, let it go. <laughs> let it go. It's been a while. <clears throat> but how much salvation? It's a powerful salvation. And I meet people that truly believe God can never forgive them of their sins. And I'll say, who do you think you are? That you can outsend the grace of God to where he's helpless? I don't I mean, what was that, uh, that your God is too small, a really, really popular book. I don't remember who wrote it. This is back in the 70s, I think, or 60s. You're going to have to you face up to the fact God can do this. And this is really important because Advent, he can 
to his own master he will stand or fall, and he will stand, for he will make him stand. It's hard to argue when that comes from God. As he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies, from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham. We're going to come to you in just a second, Albert, because I know you've got stuff you can help here. To rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. I will come back to stress the, the phrase without fear, but I would like to point to verse 72 right now. How can God in the present age show mercy to our ancestors? He's not talking about descendants. He's talking about ancestors. There, there are answers to this. Did you want to chime in at first? Or? Well, uh, there's both the positive and the negative side of that. Yes. No. <laughs> when you get to Luke chapter 11, uh, he will really come down hard on those present people because they were building monuments to what their fathers had done who had killed the prophets. Exactly. So that's the negative side. The positive side is, of course, that the, God raised his hand and swore to Abraham, and that, that makes Abraham the most important human name in the Bible. Now, David's name is mentioned more times, but Abraham is more important, and he is the father of us all. So Abraham had two families, the physical one to bring us to Jesus, and the second all who are saved by grace through faith, which includes both Jew and Gentile today and forever. That is absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. He, um, God redeems the past. Now, I've said this to you before. When I was a boy, we had, um, we had a film strip, and everybody here, I think, is old enough to at least know what those are, if you're not experienced one. They were so exciting back in the day. Uh, and they would show it once a year called The Day Christ Came Again. And it was really terrifying. So it was. Uh, and, and it was almost like one of those chick publication tracks. Have you run across those? Little books about this big, cartoon style, left in bathrooms all over America. And you, you pick them up and it's going, and you see these people horribly being burned and terrorized and such because they weren't Christian. Um, and they're, they're, they're just so over the top. But... The idea uh, in the Czech publications was also in the film strip that when you come stand before God, you have a review of your life. It's not in the Bible. Never. There's never a review of your life. It is asking Jesus, do you know them? If he says yes, and your name's in a book of life, which by the way, there's no way he knows you and it's not there. So let's not look upon that as two separate instances. Then it is... Well done. The, and, and to the point I want to make here, redeeming the ancestors. If, when I get there, they do show a film, I'm hoping it's a private viewing. I, people would like to get in, but if they actually showed a film, I wouldn't recognize what was going on. Because all of the mistakes and sin would be erased. I just went through doing good stuff. Why? Because when God forgives sins, he removes the record That's of right. sin. That's right. And I, I got really jumped on at a Christian convention once when I was reading John, 1 John about the, um, continually cleansing us of all sin. And I said, how many times will God forgive you of a sin 
once. But to God, it's always the first time. And they went nuts because they were thinking, well, we want to go condemn some people. And you're just taking them. Going, no, you don't get to. You know, yes, sir. The rabbis uh, that I studied with years ago so, talked about the forgiveness of God and the fact that it is from it's just from east to west because there are no points on the compass from north to south. But from east to west, there are no limits to it. That's, that's a cool phrasing. And I, um, I would even go further. I think most of you know this, but whatever the distance is between me and those doors, if I go halfway there and then go halfway there, how long will it take me to get there? The answer is you'll never get there because there's an infinite number of points. In that big point of the compass, what is God limited by? Nothing. He's not limited by time either. Whenever you were talking about uh, Luke 11, I was thinking about Acts 7 with, the, uh, yes. uh, with um, Stephen's telling the Sanhedrin, you know, you came from really bad people. <laughs> uh, of course he did too. Uh, they did not appreciate that. But again, he swore to us, therefore we serve him without fear. I grew up scared, did you? They had to make you frightened. They had to tell you that you're really awful and don't even get them started on the ones outside. We already written them off. And the ministers would say, if Jesus comes back right now, not all of you are going to rise. And I'm going, how do you, you know? Am I sitting in the right pew? You know, what's, if, if somebody rises and you're not, grab them. Um, I, I was not the easiest child to raise. I'm told. I think I was brilliant. Um, isn't it fascinating the number of times Scripture says, don't be afraid? Yes. Maybe growing up, instead of being afraid, I felt like that as I grew older, I would be better. Oh, and yeah. so that would resolve the issue, but boy, was I wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought when I got older, you'd be better too. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm quite disappointed with the way I turned out, but Cammy loves me and God loves me, so it just... And we love you. Well, thank you. You're, are you speaking for the whole group? Yes. Okay, just checking. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, and it's a mutual admiration society, yeah. Uh, and you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. How proud. How proud we have to be. You're going to be somebody special, buddy. Um, my, my only granddaughter is five years old. She has all the feels. Um, she is an emotional tornado. And um, mercurial, um, I can't even say it, mercurial is what we used to say, that flipping back and forth. I love it. I, uh, to me, she is the, a sweet, cute little Tasmanian devil, and I, I just enjoy it. Drives her mama nuts because she's like her mama, if I'm real honest. But I love my little Addison. And I, I wonder, I look at her and say, well, God already and your daddy, Duncan, got somebody whose heart never speeds up and who can go into danger with no, we got this. He's very cool about it all. And then he said, you know what Duncan needs? He needs a little living ballistics study. And he set Addison upon the planet. And I find that fascinating and wonderful. 
whenever she's around me and she starts, you know, this, that, or the other, I'm cool. That's who you are. Enjoy it. I'll sit back and be entertained. It's, it's, um, but to look at your son and know God sent this boy here because something's about to happen. And this boy's going to be part of it. I mean, that just makes you step back a bit. You will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. So Zechariah has already gotten some information, hadn't he, of what's happening. And again, the way Jews tell stories can sometimes be very, very frustrating. It sounds like the angel visited Zechariah and said, you're going to have a kid. He said, not me. And he said, well, you're not going to be able to speak or hear until the kid's born. And then went away. I'm sure there was more information. And we just don't get that information. Because they like to tell a story with the point of the story. We want the details. Like, like women do. You know, I'll go tell Cammy. Oh, so-and-so had their baby. What was it? A, a, a baby. <laughs> well, how long was it? How much did it weigh? We don't do that with anybody else, do we? We don't say the Joneses would like to place membership. Mrs. Jones weighs... No, we, we don't... I, I, they want the details. I, I went shopping with my wife because I, I was told to. It was a furniture thing. She had me try out a bunch of chairs and asked me which one I liked best. I'm going, they're, they're chairs. Which one's cheapest? That did not go well. Um, I don't see some of these things. But here, look at this. He got information to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Notice it didn't say the opportunity or the chance, but letting them know this is done. This is a done deal. Yes, you know, in those first verses there, and what you're saying is so wonderful because each line here is just filled with something that's, that's yes. worth a lot of discussion. But in verse 67, his father Zachar was filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, and how do we deal with that when Peter says that he would, re after he was crucified, would he be glorified and then the Spirit would come? So I think that's when in a, in a, in a broader way, after the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit would come upon all, could potentially approach all people. In the meantime, there were a few specially chosen ones who were so empowered even before all that happened. Otherwise, we've got a problem. <laughs> well, yes, and, and, and I would respond to it. Um, first of all, the way I want to respond to it, I won't. And that is to talk about time as a concept of movement through space. You're welcome. Um, instead, what I'll do is this. He, um, yes, after Pentecost, he will come upon you in power. Does not mean he's never been there before. That's right, that's right. Because they know he was at the first story. So, of course... He's been here. And you remember what Jesus said, the wind blows where it was, where it goes. And so is the Holy Spirit of God. He goes where he goes. Not up to you. Uh, and that's, that's amazing. As I've said before, um, God is not our dog. He doesn't have to do what we tell him to do and come when we want him to come. God is God. He will do what God does. Amen. And he'll do when God wants to do it. To, um, again, knowledge of salvation. That's a huge thing that he didn't say the opportunity. 
because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. Now, to us, the word sun and S-O-N, sun, uh, they're homonyms, and so we go, oh, it wasn't in their language. But if you read John chapter 1, light comes. Genesis chapter 1, Holy Spirit comes, light comes. And so light is a huge thing. All through the book of John, it's not just chapter 1. All through the book of John, there's the light-darkness motif. Uh, it's just, it's really brilliant. Sir. Exactly. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, Tim says that in verse 77, to give people the knowledge of the salvation through the forgiveness of their sins is backwards from the way we teach people. You get your forgiveness of sins and then you're saved. What if God's already done the work and then you get the news? Amen. Isn't it great though? It's just, uh, he, he wouldn't be allowed to be a preacher in some of our churches, but yeah, um, the Holy Spirit gave him this. I, uh, by the way, when I talked about that forgiveness once thing, I had somebody saying, well, you need to read your Bible. I said, if you hadn't noticed, that's what I was doing. And I showed in the passage, and I'd like to go to another verse like that, trumps it. And I'm going, that's not, this isn't a deck of cards. That's not the way this works. You don't run to find another verse to get yourself off the hook. Please. It does chase away fear. We are already forgiven, and that takes away the fear. Think of it this way. Um, I have two credit cards. One we live on, and every month it's paid off. And that gives me miles. Used to be so that I could fly places. Now it's so that Cammie can take them and go up to Michigan to see the kids. That's cool. But that's the way we do things, and it puts everything in one register. You know, so we're able to do it. We have another one, which is kind of the emergency one. Uh, it's got a zero balance. What, what, what if I, uh, well, for example, it, it didn't have a zero balance recently. We went to San Juan. We, we did part of it on that, then we paid it off over a couple of months because uh, it's a no interest card for like 18 months, so we did that. But it's a zero now. It would make zero sense for me to write him a check because the balance has been paid. Just sitting there. In fact, the last time my card was used, it wasn't by me. I got a call. Did you try to use your card in some place in Georgia? And I said, no. They said, well, we're going to send you a new card. Because somebody tried and it was declined. And I'm glad it was declined. But I'm not going to pay on the card. It's already paid off. And how many people, your sins are forgiven, and yet you feel like you have to walk around guilty? Um... I'm going to do another way, then I'm going to head to, to Albert. So store up the wisdom here, brother. Um, God did not only pay for you, he overpaid. And there's no other way to put it. I see people overpaying sometimes. Sometimes because they're foolish, they get caught up in something. Other times because they want to be generous. Like at an auction, uh, silent auction for Franktown. 
open hearts, something like this. And so there's something that's only worth $20, but, uh, and they're not sure they wanted it anyway, but they'll put 50 on the little line there. Why? They're being generous. Did they get what they paid for? Not really. They overpaid. God sent his son and his son died. That's overpaying. Not only am I saved, I am way saved. I am hugely saved. I'm over the top saved. Out. Thank you. Did you know that since in the Old Testament and in the book of Hebrews, it tells us that it's not possible for the blood of wolves and goats to take away sin, and that's all from Moses and Aaron on down the way that they had. Therefore, the death of Jesus on the cross was the final and ultimate and only means by which God could ever forgive a sin. Therefore, not one sin of Adam and Cain, Moses, all through down through the, they, their sins were paid for by a credit card. Yep. The check was written on the cross. Yep. And not only that, but Hitler's sins were forgiven and sins of the people when Jesus is coming back again. But unless they utilize the appropriation for that gift, yep. it's as if he never even lived and died. If you do not accept the gift, if you don't unwrap the That's gift. Right. But that makes it very much more important than in earlier years I understood it to be. That one act, you're so right about that. Well, wasn't it Leonard Allen who wrote years ago, the cruciform church uh, was trying to get us back to that cross focus. Um, and I, I agree. I always want to jump in there and also talk about the resurrection as well. Because, you know, uh, you know Christus Rex or Christus, uh, Christus Victor and Christ the King, Christ the Victor aspect of it is huge. Um, and, but you're right, the cross is a hinge point of history. Um, let's, um, to shine on those living in darkness in the shadow of death. You see, that's the thing. To guide our feet into the path of peace. I want to do those separately. If you look through the Old Testament, you see a pattern which you will also see in your own life. Why did the Jews wander off from God so frequently? The same reason we do. Time and death. Do you remember when you were a kid and you're thinking, you stop at a petrol station or something and you say, can we get you know, a snack? And, the, and they say, no, not now. And you thought that meant you will never ever have a snack the rest of your life. And so the pit begins, right? And then you're a teen and there's a concert in town and you ask your parents to go and they say, well, not that night, we're gonna go over to you know, Aunt Agnes's house and you know, rubber feet. And you're going, no, you know, and you think, I will never be able to go to a concert. My life is over. That never goes away. I mean, I put on my jacket now and my dad's hands come out. And I'm going, no, that's wrong. That's not who, when, what's going on here? And I understand aging, I teach it. Um, to to docs there at the Ohio State University, but I didn't mean to be a participant. <laughs> I, I assumed I assumed that I could teach it without becoming an illustration. We're all on this path, so what happens? A man wakes up one day, looks over at his wife and thinks, that's not the one uh, I thought she would be that I wanted, my time's running out, let me dump her and get somebody else. People will go into insane amounts of debt to get what they want now. They're already running one of the worst commercials on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. It's a GMC commercial, maybe you've seen it, where she gives him 
a choice of watches. I think they're Apple watches, so they're, they're you know, very expensive. And then he takes her out, and there's a black truck and a red SUV. You've seen this? And she takes the, the one he wanted. I'm thinking, how did you spend $130,000 without asking what color she likes? <laughs> this makes, you know, and what is it? it the whole thing is you're going to be pummeled with this. Lexus is now hitting it too. This early, you don't have to buy a car. You don't have to be. In fact, our, our, our children, for the grandchildren, they say, toys aren't necessary. Buy them experiences and books. Now, experience, uh, you know, take, we took one to uh, the Skirmerhorn. Misha helped us with tickets there. You need to go, and Misha's the one to help you. Um, for a Harry Potter night thing, uh, one of them wanted to go, so that was his. You know, another one got to go horseback riding, and uh, little Ollie got to come do what we call sugar camp, where he comes every day and spends the day with Cammie, and she shows him how to bake and how to do this, that, and he had a blast. Give them experiences. Buy them tickets to something. Not a toy. I love that idea. I really do. And it's um, our, our living needs to be without fear of it ending. It's that shadow of death that makes us not enjoy the day because we're fearful. We don't have enough stuff, so we go into debt. We don't, we're not happy with our family, so we split it up. We're not happy with this, so we, and we just, we, we, uh, we start dying too soon because we're afraid of dying. Instead of choosing to be in light. I'm, uh, I've told you this before, I'm not afraid of death at all. Uh, dying, I'm concerned about, because I'd like to have more control over that process, but uh, I'm not afraid that it's all going to be over. I talked to Cami about this a couple weeks ago. We have pre-planned everything and prepaid. Um, we, we even have the boxes we're going in. <laughs> I didn't expect them to send the box. Cam, we both got a box. We're going, oh, somebody sent us presents. And, oh. <laughs> I said, let's put these over here. And Cami goes, well, let's keep yours down a bit because you're... We're going to need yours sooner. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Um, but we took care of all that, and we're very cool with it. But I was talking to her saying, the thing which gives me peace but also bothers me about being my age is that the option's narrow. I'm never going to be a cowboy. Never going to be an astronaut. I'm never going to be tall. Eating right did not give me muscles. I'm still wanting to have a discussion with my mother. There are limits now. And in fact, uh, as Doug can tell you, because I've gone golfing with him, uh, I'm not getting better at golf either. And I have to use a different club than I used to. But because I'm a man, I live in denial. And so almost every shot will be a little short because I'm really thinking I can get there with this. No, I can't. And if, I, if it happens too often, it's plainly the club's fault. We go buy new ones. It's ridiculous. When Jesus came out of the grave, he should have removed the, de the devil's greatest fear from our heart. Death is, yeah, I've lost some earthly options, but I've got some amazing stuff planned for me. 
So let's just do that. And by the way, it's been a sweet ride. Uh, I don't know how, I'm not saying it's over. It might be, who knows. I have a birthday next, next month if you want to start saving up. Um, to, oh, maybe, you know, pledge in a cloth so we can polish my box. Yes? Oh, I thought you were about to say something. Okay. I thought you were going to say, well, I'm free Thursday. Uh, anyway. Um, I was, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I told Cammy I'd like to have a bagpiper, you know, play at uh, the, my memorial service. And she goes, well, I know a guy, and he's cheaper on Thursday. Um, to guide our... You guys just think she's sweet. That woman's dangerous. To guide our feet into the path of peace. Once again, the Jews had for centuries survived by fighting or going invisible. You know, keeping under the radar of the enemies. Or by fighting. And God would sometimes call them to arm themselves and pull them in a valor out. And so it wasn't, you know, please understand, it was by God's direction. They were doing this. I believe God makes warriors. I'm not a pacifist. Those who are, I do highly respect. And I hope that it never comes across that I, I, in, there's anything less than great respect for pacifists. But biologically and psychologically, I see God making people who are warriors. And that's who they are. And in the Old Testament, you know, people like David were told, you gather those men. Gideon was told, send everybody else home. We just need the ones that were born for this. Now Jesus comes, and he hasn't actually shown up yet, but he's just on the way, and our path will be peace. How are you going to overthrow the Romans? Oh, you're not. God will take care of that. Well, then how are we going to make our city streets safe? Let's let God handle that. Because you're not going to be on these streets. He's going to send you to other streets, and then you're going to go walk on his street. It's a whole different way of thinking. Please, Albert. Oh, this is so important. And God made a promise to Abraham for Jesus to be born. And you're so right. So many times did they fall into sin, sin, mm -hmm. sin. Even so much that after Solomon's death, 10 of the 12 tribes lost their national identity. Yep. And so look to what extent and degree his mercy gave us uh, Jesus. But then Jesus said to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. Yeah. 1836 of John and that that's why I can't so many even evangelicals today understand that yeah I, I agree and Albert we're, we're coming into this election year the election years never stop now do they and I will hear on Twitter and Facebook and all like people saying we need more Christians in these jobs my response is that's not how God rules yeah I, we don't have to have a preacher in the White House we don't have preachers in no, um, while God rules, he isn't interested in co-ruling our nation. He wants the people of the nation to honor him. Human beings are human beings. Vote for who you want to vote for. You know, do your research, I hope, but vote for who you want to vote for. But our king is in heaven. We don't need a theocracy. But let's allow the founding principles, which were from God, that our forefathers used. Those are the ones that we would like for somebody to live up to. Yeah, yeah the Constitution was a great idea, guys. I don't know what you did with that. Um, but it's, um, see, we, the British have a Constitution, but it's not written down. It's the bulk of precedent. And that, my friend, is not safe. 
uh, it's almost impossible for a British citizen now to get a jury trial because they just don't have time for that. And wow, I mean, things just, because it's not written down. Well, in America, it's written down, but then explained away or said to be a bad one. And I'm going, guys, you gotta have a lane on the road. You ever driven at night and there's no lane on the road? That's not a fun drive. So there's an exit to Brexit. <laughs> well, I, and again, people ask me all the time where I am on that or where I was with Scottish independence, and my response is, I have definite opinions and I will not share them because I don't live there. If I lived there, I might talk about it. But as I live here, um, I'm just trying to separate, I'm in Spring Hill and I'm trying to separate from Columbia. Uh, we're gonna lead a coup against the, the mules. We need to, to stop because our time is up here. Um, one, one last thing I'll say. I would love for people to pay as much attention to Zechariah's song as they do to Mary's song. We even call it the Magnificat, and we should. It's brilliant. We covered that. But isn't this a rich passage? And when was the last time you heard a sermon on this? There's so much in the scripture we miss because we're running to our favorites for a simple moral tale at the end. So enjoy and as you see, Advent approaching, we will be looking at this. And uh, just to give you a heads up, the last Sunday in November, we're going to have a special guest in to talk about forgiveness from a particularly powerful place in, in life, a situation. You do not want to miss this. So I'll be handing the class over to that person on the last Sunday here. But it all fits because of the forgiveness of God, the grace of God, how does it look when it's on the ground? We're all moving that direction. So I look forward to seeing you then, but uh, not between then and, and now. Go away. <laughs>